Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. did rise, and they got a rise out of you as well, showing off men's bodies, women's bodies, all sorts of bodies in a very sexy way that was also old-timey and quaint at the same time. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And you are listening to American Godcast, a podcast about American gods that, as we established last episode, is running a little late on season two, but that's okay. We're begging through it. We are going to be talking about Donar the Great. Yeah. The, I want to say, latest episode of American Gods, except that's not actually true <laughs> since all of season two has aired at this point. Yeah. Uh, but I'm here with Pete. We're going to be recapping the episode, talking about all of the stuff going on. Um, one thing I want to say, actually, up top that I really liked about this episode. I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I feel like this is the first episode where we really got inside Mr. Wednesday's head. Yeah. And I like that quite a bit. Like, that felt like it was long overdue. How'd you feel about it, Pete? Yeah, I was very focused on him the whole episode, which was nice. You know, it was nice to... It had been a while since we've kind of seen how he works and really get to... Uh, kind of watch how he kind of put things together. Plus, we got to see how the spear broke, which was huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think even more than that, though, and it's funny because most of the time he is still performing like he does, but we've all we've just seen him come into things, right? He walks into scenes, he takes over the scene because he's Ian McShane, and that's what Ian McShane does. Right. But here, really... This is the first time we got to see him, like the spear at the end of the episode, broken. We got to see him feel something when he has been putting on this act constantly. And even when things have been worse, he ha- we haven't seen him like that. And, and certainly, I think the point of this was to show us this is the moment, this is the thing that changed him, was my feeling. Yeah, I mean, it was also like you saw him like sweat a little bit. You know, there were like small moments like... After he got his drink where he was like, oh, you know, and then took a sip. Yeah, I I was really kind of cool to see a little bit of his struggle and kind of what he kind of went through and all his kind of like old timey journey that we went on here. Yeah, particularly after a problematic episode. I don't know if you felt the same way. Justin and I talked quite a bit about the last one and how, for a lot of people, it really did not work at all. It was nice to get back on track with this one, so that was good. Oh, really? Wow. Um, Yeah. A lot of great shots of the Cadillac in the last episode, so (laughs) So that's what I was kind of focusing on. Oh, man. You know what? Can I mention something just up top, and then we'll get to the recap uh, to get everybody caught up in what's happening? So this is a little bit of a spoiler, but I've watched all of Good Omens, which is going to be 
Actually, I think by the time we put out this episode, Good Moments will already be up on Prime Video, so this won't be a spoiler at that point. Um, That's another Neil Gaiman adaptation. There is a lengthy sequence that is all about a car dying, and I was like, what is up with this? This dude, he loves cars. Cars are great, man. I guess, but they're not people. Oh, you watch your mouth, man. You watch your goddamn mouth. You You can't fall in love with them. Fuck you, man. You didn't like You'll Transformers? you burn yourself on the tailpipe. You didn't, what? You didn't like Transformers when you were a kid, man? Can't, fu- can't fuck a Transformer, bro. <laughs> why are we? Why are you fucking things? Well, you can just like something for what it is. You don't have to fuck it, Alex. Like becomes love. <laughs> sure. You can love it and still not fuck it, man. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. I got a serious problem. <laughs> Let's get to, to the recap for the episode. Uh, so lots of stuff you probably need to know here. We already mentioned Mr. Wednesday. He is Odin, one of the old gods. He's been slowly building a fight between the old gods and the new gods. The new gods are technology, media, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The old gods are exactly what you think. Uh, Odin, uh, Mr. Nancy is the name for a Nazi, the storytelling god from Africa, played by Orlando Jones. Lots of other gods like that. Um, they basically are very upset that the new gods have overtaken them and they want to destroy them. So we've watched this season as Mr. Wednesday has built up a plan, including, as you mentioned, Pete, the seeming spear of destiny, which was broken in half. He got it back. We don't know how he's going to use it necessarily, uh, but he has been trying to rebuild it, working with dwarves. Dwarves are a real thing. There's been a lot of... Um, Norse mythology that's been mixed in over the last couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mr. Wednesday has a man named Shadow Moon working for him. Shadow Moon initially was very doubtful about the whole the God thing, but uh, as you would be. Yeah, sure. But he seems pretty on board at this point. He's still very doubtful about everything that's going on and doesn't really trust Mr. Wednesday, specifically because Mr. Wednesday has betrayed him and left him to die several times. But he is still his right-hand man and helping him out as he goes around. Um, Other folks that you probably need to know on that side of things, there's also the New Gods, as we mentioned. They're led by Mr. World, played by Crispin Glover. There's also a departed god named Technical Boy. He died a couple of episodes back when he was discovered to be essentially repetitive with new media. New media is the god of social media and the like. Uh, And she was much more powerful and much more facile at it than Technical Boy is. So he was taken off the board. But it's important to know him because he does show up again in flashbacks in this episode. What else do you need to know about... um, we don't really know. There's no Salim and the Jin this episode. No. There's no Laura or Mad Sweeney this no, episode. So not. you really don't need to know about those characters. Um, I guess if there's anybody else, we'll get to it when we get to it. Well, yeah. I mean, then there's uh, his his son as well as uh, right. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that because cool. we actually start off with that. Uh, we haven't met these characters before, uh, but we start off in a theater and everybody is getting ready. Mister Wednesday is hosting and singing. Turns out it's a burlesque show. Uh, Some Nazis enter, and that's what we get at the beginning there. And and the episode, other than the stuff with the new gods, is split essentially into two areas. You see what's been going on in the past around, I would have to say, the 1920s or 1930s or so, something like that, Mm -hmm. probably 1930s, uh, and what's happening in the modern day as essentially Mr. Wednesday remembers these things as they're happening. What did you want to say, Pete? I wanted to say his uh, two-tone wingtips... That he was rocking as he started the burlesque song 
was pretty damn impressive. Uh, also, yeah, there was a fun Odin's nap reference or Odin's sleep. Uh, yeah, I thought uh, that was kind of cool. It's kind of like as he was like sleeping and remembering, kind of daydreaming about the uh, good old days, if you will. And what struck me about the first opening sequence was cool. Like, yeah, old timey burlesque, all that fun singing song and that kind of stuff. But Nazis enter. Nobody, uh, especially Mr. Wednesday, doesn't react. Because at that time, it was a pretty normal thing. Like, particularly in America, nobody was paying attention to that. I mean, people were. They were writing about it. But if you look at a lot of the articles at that time, even in the New York Times, frankly, you see a lot of articles that are reminiscent of what's being written about, say, Trump and the Republican Party now, where it's things like, I don't know, they're kind of taking away people's rights, but maybe it's okay they're sort of that Hitler is sort of charming, I think. So there was a lot of forgiveness for that thing because of the morals of the time and because people were being very polite about it. So you see somebody walk in with a Nazi armband and it doesn't mean the same thing as it meant today. So I think they played that the right way. Yeah, they did. And it was, uh, it was creepy to see it because it's also uh, very relevant now as it was back then. What did you think of the burlesque? I know you're not the, Biggest fan of sexy stuff, Pete. Uh, well, it's weird how you worded it that way. I just feel like sometimes, uh, we, you know, the TNA doesn't need to be there just to have it be there. But I felt like for what it was, I felt like it fit in very nicely and was very cheeky. I thought it was well done. I agree. And I, I really feel like the Transformers franchise in general could use a little bit more of that. Just like just a touch is all I'm saying. Just like maybe a sound wave could take off a piece here and there, you know, oh just do a God, little bit dude, of a how shimmy. Dare what? You disrespect Soundwave, All right. Soundwave was one <laughs> of right. my favorites. Sorry, man. Megatron. Megatron could do it. Oh, my God. That's creepy. Uh, uh, these sequences were very good. They were really well staged. They were really well done. I think there's a lot of ways they could have got wrong with the burlesque stuff, mm-hmm. but it seemed ominous in the same way. Have you seen Cabaret, Pete? Uh, yeah. Yeah. A while ago. Yeah. 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 I mean, it seemed ominous in the same way that Cabaret is ominous. It seemed uh, inspired by that in a certain way, because that also has the slowly encroaching Nazis throughout it. Um, and I liked it. I thought I thought it was good. It had this right note of menace that Mr. Wednesday, the way that he was made up, it was grotesque almost as the MC, mm-hmm. And I think that's how it should be. So he wakes up. Um, they head to the ball to look for dwarves and Mr. World, we cut to Mr. World and he says, ah, this is how the war begins. New media enters. She does a little bit of a Snapchat filter and that's what we get of the modern day stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, last time we talked about new media, I think everybody was a little iffy about that. How are you feeling now that we've seen her a little bit more? Uh, you know, I'm not my favorite character, but all right. All right, brief. I mean, I was more like uh, the kind of talk about the retail mall and the dying of the mall was kind of like, for me, was the tough part about the episode. I was like, oh, man, the poor mall is really empty and it's kind of a sad. Yeah, it's interesting. It almost plays as the opposite of House on the Rock from the season premiere, that you have this very old thing that still holds attraction, holds power for everybody, versus the ball that should be this place of power. But it is pretty empty. I mean, I I think 
I don't know. Granted, I didn't grow up in middle America, so I don't know. We certainly had the Roosevelt Field Ball near where I grew up, and people would go there sometimes. But it wasn't quite the same draw for me and my folks that it was that I know in a lot of more remote places, that was the main place you go. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, Everybody met at the mall. It was like you walked around the mall. That was the thing to do. Did you... You, you're upstate New York. Did you go to the Syracuse Mall with the big... Oh, uh, we went to it uh, every once in a while, but in the, the main mall was Eastview Mall, just around the corner. Oh, sure. Eastview Mall. What did you do there? What was the big thing you did there? Just, you know, walking around, uh, hanging out, meeting people, and yeah. Uh, but mainly, it was the Orange Julius to date myself. <laughs> oh, that, excellent. Uh, that, and it was the big cookie cake place that was also the money spot uh so then we go back to the burlesque show we find out mr nancy is working there which i thought was an interesting detail that he has been with mr wednesday this entire time yeah. uh he has a great line uh, where he's trying to get columbia out of her dressing room there's two main acts there's donar who we find out later is the son of odin he's thor essentially yeah. and we columbia, can tell by the who, hammer work Right. Yeah, that was a little bit of a clue there. Uh, And Columbia. Now, I wasn't quite sure who Columbia was. Was she supposed to be media before media? I don't know. Okay. I thought maybe it it felt like we were supposed to know who she was, but she was a different actress. But maybe I was just being crazy about that. I don't know. Uh, Maybe she's Uh, the god of coffee. I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh, she could be. There you go. Columba. Uh, so Mr. Rossi has a great line where he says, I'm a count to seven and I'm starting with four, yep. which I enjoyed a lot. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to start using that when I get really angry <laughs> with people. Well, you going to start using that kids. kids? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to count to seven here and I'm starting with four. Whoa. I'll tell I will tell you what, and hopefully my kids don't listen to our American Gods podcast, Mm -hmm. but the most effective thing you could do as a parent is say, I'm going to count to three. I don't know what I will do if I ever get to three, but so far I have not had to get to three. I get about to two, and then there's this panicked look in their eyes, and they run away. Wow. And they take, it's great. You got to get ready, man. They're eventually going to call your bluff on that. Yeah. What are you going to do at three? I'll be like, cry, baby. <laughs> I don't know. What are you going to do, Dad? <gasps> oh, God, <laughs> run away forever. <laughs> so we find out that Donar and Columbia are having a very sweet, very earnest Aww. affair. Uh, we also see Technical Boy, who we mentioned earlier, is at the burlesque show and seems very bored. But Mr. Wednesday is clearly trying to court him in some way. Yeah. Um, he's rude. He gets a phone call. Wednesday talks about how the phone is going to go away. Uh, This is interesting also in light of, there was a couple of episodes back where we thought maybe it was Technical Boy's origins with the beginning of the computers, Mm -hmm. but clearly not. Clearly he's been around since the telephone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, what did you think about this revelation, Pete? It was interesting. I liked the back and forth that him and Wednesday had, especially with the... There was little signs of disrespect, like, uh, you know, the technology boy ashed into his drink. Uh, You know, Mr. Wednesday kind of threatened. He was like, you know, you better get on board. We're the ancient ones. You know, you're you're just lucky to be here riding our coattails. I like the jabs. 
I did too. I thought there would have been more of this is where the war started sort of thing. Yeah. But it actually seemed like at least at the beginning, Mr. Wednesday was very cocky about everything. Yeah. So it was technical boy, mind you, but Mr. Wednesday, to the point you just said, was saying, oh, there's nothing really going to come with this. The telephone's going to go away. It is not a big deal. But it wasn't like this was the first spark that ignited their war. It seems like whatever that was that happened later on. Yeah. Well, I think that was kind of the seeds that really started them not liking each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I can see that. Uh, so then we get to see Donar do his strongman act, and the <laughs> Nazis approach Wednesday and say, hey, we want to basically use Donar as our strongman for us. We're just, you know, a good German social club. Don't even worry about it. It's no big deal. No big deal at all. No piggy. Just work for the Nazis. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and uh, Mr. Wednesday agrees almost immediately which is very interesting. I mean, I think this more start than anything started Mr. Wednesday downfall, right? Yeah, I mean, I was really surprised how eager he was to jump in bed with the Nazis. Uh, but as he says later in the episode, you know, admiration is admiration. You know, you can't mm-hmm. pick and choose, you know, because Thor is trying to kind of go the high road with it. Um but yeah, I was yeah. It's kind of is his downfall where he just kind of gets sloppy and any, he'll let anybody in. So it was it was very shocking uh, to see him kind of because he's one of those like uh, Shadow doesn't trust him. We definitely shouldn't trust him. But I keep rooting for him to be better than mm-hmm. he is. You know, I don't know what yeah. that was about. I don't know. Maybe you want to fuck him. Okay, so what the uh, fuck, then- man. I don't know. I don't know, man. You're the one who keeps talking about fucking Transformers. Okay, so oh my God. Uh, then back in the present, we meet the dwarves who are working at the mall, yeah. and they want Lou Reed's jacket in exchange <laughs> for etching the spear. Leather jacket, uh, which I thought was pretty great. Like, yeah. that was very clear mall culture. That was thing. such great mall culture. That was so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was really good. Uh, but that was just a quick thing. We go back to the Nazis want to sponsor Donner, as we mentioned. Uh, Mr. Wednesday agrees. Uh, and then we get to see Columbia do her performance. It's a burlesque to Don't Fence Me In. And Technical Boy loves it. Yeah. Absolutely loves it. And I think the sense that I got is this is what Mr. Wednesday was playing at, right? Like he. Knows Technical Boy as a bit of a threat, but he knows he can take care of him and he knows he can charm him by getting rid of, by selling him in on Columbia, which also will solve his problem with Donar and Columbia, which is that Donar is more devoted to Columbia than he is to Mr. Wednesday. Yeah. I I just think he's just kind of pawn. I don't know if he's thinking long game that much. This is just like Mm. he's looking for money and looking to, you know. Uh, he can play people however he wants. It's kind of crazy, especially when it comes to those two. Uh, but yeah, it's it was kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, I'm gonna get, you know, him sitting at the table, get him some bubbly. Okay, he says no to the girls, but you know, Columbia is just kind of ace in the hole there. Yeah, and that number was great. I really like that number a lot. I thought. <laughs> and it was very, <laughs> very well done, but also so powerful now. You know, with the big wall going up around us, the Don't Fence Me In song. Mm. Like, literally, Do Not Fence Me In. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, So, back of the present, Wednesday 
we get a whole con job thing going on where Wednesday goes into the shop. He pretends to be, was it a priest, a bishop, a something bishop. like that? Yeah, he was a bishop. bishop. Yeah, Thank you. Collar. I'm Jewish, so I'm not totally familiar. Uh, he <laughs> wants to buy Lou Reed's jacket. Uh, he's very excited about it. He's super charming. The guy says he's paying cash. And at that point, I was like, all right, even I know this con. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how in the world does this dude not see through this? Because this is actually one of the oldest ones in the book. Yeah. But, but he's a young kid. He doesn't know yet. Yeah, exactly. And he's excited about uh, selling Lily Reed's jacket. Uh, Mr. Wednesday is being perfectly charming about it. And then Shadow comes in as an FBI agent and says, uh, I got to arrest this guy. He's been faking bills all over the place. He puts a fake smudge on it. So they get the money back, tells them, oh, we got to confiscate the jacket as evidence as well. But... Then the big thing here, and I feel like almost the whole point of doing this con, because it was a very obvious con otherwise, is Shadow doesn't uncuff Wednesday. He takes him to the back room, yeah. and he interrogates him about Donar Thor, uh, and Mr. Wednesday says he died a death his kind, can't, our kind can't come back from. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Like, we find out a lot more about that pretty quickly. Um, but I like that. Like, I like Shadow turning the tables on Mr. Wednesday that way. And to what we were talking about earlier, because Donar is his weak spot, I think that does open Mr. Wednesday up for the first time. Yeah, uh, it really does. And we kind of get to see, you know, all of that kind of unfold for him. Uh, but also what's interesting is, like, I was really surprised with the kind of back and forth between Shadow and Mr. Wednesday, especially when it comes to the son part, because he brought it up. He was like, you remind me a lot of my son, which he kind of let the breadcrumbs out and Shadow kind of jumps on and keeps him handcuffed. And I was glad that he kind of held uh, held him like, all right, I want to hear this story. So, But overall, Mr. Wednesday was like, that's all you get to hear. So it was interesting back and forth and dynamic for sure. Now, this didn't occur to me before, but when you were describing this, this seems to make a sort of sense to me. Do you think Mr. Wednesday is tricking him with this story? Do you think, given the fact that he does leave this very obvious breadcrumb of, oh, you remind me of my son, the implication could be, because you are my son, ta-da! Right. Yeah. But that's clearly not what's going on. It's instead to put this little spark in Shadow Moon's head so that he does ask about Donar for some particular reason. Yeah. I mean, what do, what could that reason be? I don't know. I just think it's kind of a thing of, like, trust. And if, you know, Mr. Wednesday sees that Shadow doesn't trust him, you know, making, uh, opening up about his son is maybe one way to kind of get Shadow Moon more on his side. Mm. But what, what keeps playing out here, which each episode that they haven't cashed in on yet, which is driving me a little bit crazy, is like, Anytime Mr. Wentz like, this is Shadow Moon. The other person's always like, oh, Shadow Moon. But we don't know what the fuck is so special about <laughs> Shadow Moon, and it's kind of driving me crazy. Where I really want someone to be like, oh, you're this and this, and this is why you're such a fucking big deal, you know? Yeah, he's no Transformer, that's all I'm saying. But um, he is a very handsome man regardless. So maybe that's what's going on. <laughs> you're ridiculous. No? All right. Should I stop? Yeah, uh, so then we cut back to the past. Uh, we see Donar is now shaved. 
He's very handsome as well. He's winning you for like the Nazis. You like the clean cut? I did like the clean cut. Oh, okay. You like the beard? Yep. That makes sense. I'm clean cut. You have a beard. <laughs> we have our preferences, clearly. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, we see he's winning nonstop for the Nazis. It's really for him. He's stronger than ever because he's sucking in the adoration of everybody. Yeah. Uh, but then Donar finds out he is supposed to lose to the German, which of course was their point the whole time mm-hmm. to build him up, build him up, build him up and then make him lose. And Donar doesn't want to lose. Uh, and then Nancy tells him a story about why he should or should not lose. Um, we go back to the present. Uh, Wednesday gives the jacket to the dwarf, who immediately is like, ah, gets his power back and etches the spear. Um, I thought this was interesting just because it's the same mall, right? Yeah. So I feel like they're going to figure out that Lou Reed's jacket is downstairs with a bunch of dwarves, right? I don't know. I liked the kind of jacket moment where it was kind of like the... James Brown on his knee where he was, like, done and then just kind of, like, took a knee with his jacket on. Uh, Yeah, also, it was kind of cool to see him as soon as he put the jacket on, like, come to life. It was, like, this thing that kind of, like, raised him out of his seat, which I thought was cool and well done. But, yeah, you would like to think that they would figure it out since the jacket's still in the mall. But, you know, hopefully the dwarves know how to keep something on the DL. Yeah, they probably do. If anybody knows how to keep things down low, it's dwarves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, meanwhile, the new gods are going nuts uh, because the spear has been etched. They have a warning about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mr. World is okay because they have a secret weapon. We don't find out what that secret weapon is this episode, uh, but that'll certainly be interesting. Do you have any suspicions what that might be? I have no idea. I'll throw one out to you, uh, and this contradicts what we find out very shortly, but Donar. I, I feel like maybe Donar could be working with the new gods in some way. Oh, man. Right? He broke the spear the first time, so if he's actually still around, he'd be what? able to break no, it a second No, but time. he died in the way that gods can't come back. Well, okay, let's get to that in a second. So uh, Dodar decides to run away with Columbia. Technical Boy talks to Columbia, wants her to be Our Lady of the War effort. So she becomes the uh, classic, oh my gosh, I'm blanking out what it is, lady making a muscle thing. We can do it. Yeah, we can do it. You can do it. We can do it? Is it we can do it or you can do it? I thought it was we. Yeah. Is it, you can do it! <laughs> oh my like god, dude, come on. Rob man. Schneider from no. Adam Sandler Stop. movies? Our Lady you, of the Rob Schneider? <laughs> oh my god, you're the worst, man. <laughs> uh, you technically so, shouldn't be allowed to be making this joke. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely should not. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to get my podcast license revoked. Yeah, probably. It's so, a good run, uh, man, 13 me, years. She, we don't get quite immediately get to see whether she's been talked into it, but Wednesday, again, pulls a classic con, classic Romeo and Juliet-style con. He tricks both Donar and Columbia. The Donar uh, them, one was the worst. It was like, oh, yeah, she left. And, like, right. Donar well, doesn't even try to Columbia look. that Donar left. Yeah. Yeah, and then he told Donar. And then we get this great moment where it switches almost from the real world to God world, I would say. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and they have a fight in the rain. Donar breaks the spear with his hammer and he leaves. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about that scene, Pete? That was really cool and powerful. It was like this 
seeing that transformed, if you will, uh, from one world to the other. And it was just really badass, even though it was quick. Uh, it was pretty cool to see the hammer take down the spear like that. Yeah. So uh, then we find out, or we get to kind of see, uh, Wednesday says that the death you can't come back from is killing yourself, is suicide. Yeah. Uh, we see a shot of Donar shooting himself through the chest. But the note that I wanted to bring up is Wednesday is very nonspecific about it. He says he doesn't know if he actually died or not, that he just sort of heard about it from somebody. So he never saw the body. He doesn't know if Donar is dead. He's just assumed it. Also, the when that takes place, it's hard to tell if, like, Donar really did pull the trigger or somebody shot him. Yes. From where it starts, because it starts mid-action. So we don't really get to know what really went down. I have a feeling we're not done with this plot line, and I have a feeling we're not done with Donar and Columbia either. There's certainly unresolved stuff there. Uh, And the point that Shadow Moon makes early on is, yo, your son is Thor. Nobody's forgotten about Thor. Everybody knows exactly who that is. So he would potentially have a lot of power if he was still around. And I, I do have a suspicion that he is still around. Like, this is a classic Wednesday telling a story but leaving out a couple of details in order to steer somebody the way he wants to steer them. And even when we're in his head the entire time and feeling what he's feeling, we are feeling what he wants us to feel. Yeah, and also, I mean, with the popularity of Thor Ragnarok, like, he's got to be, like, really swole right now. Oh, yeah, totally. That was the main thought that came to my mind as well. Yeah. I mean, that thing, like, that ran through whatever Transformers movie was out that year. Like, didn't even come close. (laughs) Thor Ragnarok, number one. Transformer, Revenge of the Night, Who Has Fallen, definitely number two or three. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't believe you know him. Uh, I... That's not the title of the movie. Uh, and then the last thing is Wednesday Sings Alone. That's where we had the episode. Yeah. Sweet, sad moment for Mr. Wednesday. Well, it started with uh, him singing, kind of end with him singing. Nice little kind of uh, bookends there. Yeah, I really like this episode a lot. I thought it was a good one. It was an emotional one. It was creative. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, this show should always be a musical, in my opinion. Uh, you stop pushing your musical agenda all the goddamn time. Never. I will never stop pushing it. Who... Do you worship the most this episode, Pete? What is your number one worship this week alone? Oh, man, this is tough. This is real tough. I mean, I'm proud that Thor didn't work for the Nazis. Well, he did for a little bit, but then he kind of walked away, so I was happy about yeah, that. Who, who, but who didn't, you know? Yeah. Oh, Who stop, hasn't done dude, a little Jesus. work for the Nazis? Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to have to give it to the Spider God, you know? Even though he was Mr. Kind of, Nancy, yeah. Even though he was a little kind of background, I loved to, him losing it about the shoe. I thought that was great. I'm gonna give it to Mr. Wednesday this episode. It was just a great Mr. Wednesday episode. Ian McShane is always marvelous in absolutely everything he does, and I really like the moves they made with him. I think there's a lot of dramatic opportunity to pull out there, and it pulls him out of the one note. Not one note, but the complicated chord, if you will, that he's been playing for the past two seasons or so. Uh, So I'm excited to see where this goes next. 
if you would like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by and we'll tell you why our American Gods podcast was so delayed. Pete, what do you want to plug? <laughs> Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about all the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live, online comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. You can subscribe on Google, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public, or the app of your choice. And always remember, those are some sexy Transformers. We'll see you next time. Oh, oh, oh.